We are holding by Perik Mem Beis. We finished Perik Mem Aleph last class. So we're Perik Mem Beis, chapter 42. In your Tanya's, um, you have the Hebrew English, so on the bottom is page 219. If you're looking at the bottom of the page, is page 219. On the top is page Nun Tes, right? We finished with Noah. That was last time. But now it's page Nun Tes. Um, Perik Mem Beis, chapter 42. Okay? And this is a continuation of the discussions of various forms of Yiras Shemayim, of Yiras Hashem. Um, as we've been learning, we just started, David? Good. No, first we schmoozed for... I just, uh, so you got the schmoozing done. <laughs> yeah, you missed the main part, sorry. Now it's just learning. So, um, we've been talking about different levels of Yiras Hashem, of Yiras Shemayim. We talked about something called Yira Tata'a versus Yira Ilah, which means a lower form of Yiras Hashem, a higher form of Yiras Hashem, um, and how at some some basic level, everyone, it's a basic uh, prerequisite to do Teremises properly, to have at least some basic level of Yerush Hashem. Uh, that's in a nutshell. We had at least five classes going through Perik Mem Aleph, but we're, here we're going to take it from where we left. So Perik Mem Beis. V'hine, v'masha kosev le'il With this that we explained and, ro- and wrote earlier about this basic level of Yerush Yuvan Hetev will understand well Mashakosa Gemara. This that the Gemara says. And here we have a very interesting Gemara. That's a Gemara. I'm pretty sure it's, pretty sure it's Masech Tebrachas, unless I'm mistaken. Yeah, it's Gemara Brachas. So the Gemara says something interesting. It goes, it goes as follows. It says, Al Pasuk, Va'ata Yisrael, Mo Hashem Alekecha Shoyel Me'imcha. We have here, this is in Chumash Devarim, Moshe Rabbeinu is addressing the Jewish people. As we know, um, really, we just started Chodesh Shvat, right? Today's the second day of Shvat. The entire book of Devarim is a conversation of Moshe Rabbeinu with the Jewish people that began on Rosh Chodesh Shvat, yesterday, right? And it's a really, uh, I think it's called a monologue. What's a monologue? It's it's like a one-way conversation, right? So that's the entire Chumash Devarim is a monologue from Moshe Rabbeinu to the Jewish people from Rosh Chodesh Shvat until he passes away on the seventh of Adar. Right? This is the 40th year of the Jewish people in the desert, uh, for the last 37 days, Moshe Rabbeinu is talking to the Jewish people and giving them over the entire Chumash Devarim, in which he reviews with them many of the mitzvahs and many of the events that transpired. And primarily he is um, inspiring them, because they're going into the land of Eretz Yisrael, he's not going in with them, and he's giving them really their marching orders as Klal Yisrael. So one of the things he says is the following passage. He says, Va'ata Yisrael, says, now Yidin, Klal Yisrael, Ma'ashem alekecha shoyel mi'imach, what is Hashem already asking of you? Kiim liyiras Hashem alokecha. All he's asking is to have yiras shemayim. That's what Moshe Rabbeinu tells the Jewish people. Like, like big deal. What does Hashem want from you? He wants you to have real yiras shemayim. That's what he says. Anyone has any comments or questions? <laughs> yeah, it doesn't sound like such a small deal, right? Says the so. In case you're thinking that we're the only ones that have this problem, the Gemara asks the question. The Gemara asks, and here's a quote straight out of the Gemara. Atu yira milsa zutra sahi. Is yira such a small thing? The Gemara is challenging. Like Moshe Rabbeinu was saying, like, you know, guys, stop, stop complaining. Yira as in, like, pachad, or yira as in being in, in, like, amazement of the creation itself? Because, like, you could ask that, like, you have to, like, step, I mean, everybody could step back. Whatever you want to call the name of the creator, or yeah, how it like, it's a pretty awesome Thing, right? Like everybody can recognize. I mean, this is yeah, correct. talking about living, living yeah. like that. Yeah, yeah. Mushrabin is obviously not talking about some it's vague, you know, nice fuzzy concept. He wants us to behave like Eden, and he says, if you have good Yerushalayim, you're good. You know, you'll be in line every day. 
So, and he makes it sound like it's something that's like big deal. Like, Hashem, what does Hashem want from you already? So the Gemara Masech, the Baracha says, says, Atu Yira Milsa Zutrasahi, is Yira such a small thing that Moshe Rabbeinu sort of playing it down? And the Gemara answers, and the answer is even more perplexing. It says, in, which in Aramaic means yes, right? that's one of the things people get confused with, right? But in Aramaic, in is in yes, Legabi Moshe Milsa Zutrasahi. Yeah, for Moshe, it's a small thing. That's the Gemara's answer. Like many uh, question and answers, the Gemara are pretty cryptic. Like, is Yura a big deal? Yeah, for Moshe, it's a small deal. That's the end of the Gemara's piece. Now, that piece obviously leaves us wondering because, <laughs> fill in the, the, the blank, Moshe wasn't talking to himself. Moshe was talking to the Jewish people. So he's saying, Yura Shemayim is no big deal. The Gemara says it is a big deal. The Gemara says, for Moshe, it's not. Yeah, but Moshe knew his people. Moshe was a real... It's not as if Moshe thought everyone was him. It's not as if he, like, Moshe was living in some delusional reality that everyone is in the Madrid of Moshe Rabbeinu. So what did the Gemara mean? And that's what the Alter Rebbe asks on the next line. He says, Seemingly, ain't a move on this not understood. Hatira, it's the answer of the Gemara. Moshe Rabbeinu clearly says, what is Hashem asking of you? And he's talking to the Jewish people. So how does the Gemara expect us to uh, be satisfied with saying that Moshe, for Moshe it's, a, it's not a big deal? How does that answer? What was he saying to the Jewish people? That's the question of the Tanya and the Gemara. This is a, uh, actually I would say a pretty famous piece of Tanya where he questions the, what is the Pshat in that piece of Gemara. And here he gives the answer. Allah inyin who the inyin is. Kikol nefesh v'nefesh mi beis Yisrael. Every soul, every individual of Klal Yisrael, yeshba mibchinas Moshe Rabbeinu alav hashalom. And the gist of the answer is going to be, it's really a two-part answer, but the first part is, that when the Gemara says, for Moshe it's easy, it's not just, okay, for him it's easy, for us it's hard. All of us connect to Moshe. All of us have within our neshama a, um, a connection to the neshama of Moshe Rabbeinu. Which is why, we know we have, we talk about the seven shepherds of Klal Yisrael. The seven royim, the seven shepherds we have on Sukkot, the Yishpizan, and so on. What does it mean that they're shepherds? What does a shepherd do for his sheep? He um, sustains them, makes sure that they have what they need. The shepherds of Klal Yisrael shepherd our neshamas with the main uh, midos and the main koiches, uh, energies that we need in order to serve Hashem properly. And each one of the shepherds gives us something unique, their individual, their unique trait, their unique koach that they have is what they share with us. So when it says, when Moshe Rabbeinu is turning to the Jewish people and says, Yerushimayim is no big deal. Is that his koach? Moshe, is that Yerushimayim? So we'll see. We'll see. Actually, it's called Das. And we'll see how that comes into Europe. And that's what the, the period is. That's what I said. It's a two-part answer. But when Moshe Rabbeinu says, you know, it's no big deal. And the Gemara says, it is a big deal. And Moshe says, yeah, for Moshe it's not. What the Gemara means is, being that for Moshe it's not, he empowers and imparts that koach and each and every one of us that for us also, Yerushalayim becomes attainable. If we only connect. Now, it's still an avodah. At the end of the day, it's still an avodah. It's still an effort. But this is the way that we're able to have it, and it becomes so accessible, is through the kayak that Meshur Rabbeinu feeds into our nesham. That's the gist of the answer. Did he say this after he went away for 40 years? What do you mean, went away? Yeah, this, this was right before he died. So, like, the, the Torah doesn't speak about Moshe, like f- there's a 40-year gap. You mean before he comes back to Egypt to bring them up, to take them up? Right. right. Yeah. Well, the Torah doesn't talk about that at all. So this was at the end of his lifetime. Right. So when you in 
the the Rosh Hashiva, the other Rosh Hashiva spoke about it about like of course like you you reach crazy levels when you separate yourself so it's, it's interesting because he's coming back and go just years from my own <laughs> like yes when you go away for 40 years and you're just sitting and trying to connect then okay well this I know it's not going in this angle this is before he dies this is right before he goes to Israel this is before Matantoro no, th- this is this is this is after forty years in the desert. Yeah, yeah. So the forty years is in the desert. He was teaching them the whole time. Yeah, for sure. Right. Right. No, I mean, are you saying in general there was a forty year period where he was gone, where he was able to attain that level, and then then all the stuff happened. More than forty years, but he was eighty, so he was, and he left when he was like seventeen or eighteen, no? We don't know the exact age. It doesn't say. I'm just saying, yeah, like he, he built it up during that whole time, and now all of a sudden. We, we, you know, of those, those years that Moshe Rabbeinu was, you know, strangely just not there. So there's all types of midrashim where he was. He was a king in a far off country in Africa. I mean, there's all types of midrashim. But I, I, I mean, Moshe Rabbeinu was at the greatest level that any human being ever was, was the greatest <laughs> level that any person could ever be. One of the thirteen principles of faith. Is that Moshe Rabbeinu's level of nevuah, level of being, is beyond anything that any tzaddik ever can attain or would attain? Mm-hmm. Um, the Rambam like goes off on Moshe Rabbeinu's greatness, and he says that if he were to write a book explaining the greatness of Moshe Rabbeinu, he'd first have to write a book explaining um, all malachim, all angels, and then all neshamas, and then he could only begin to understand how Moshe Rabbeinu is above all of that. And he says that book, even if I would write it in the shortest possible form, would be hundreds and hundreds of pages. <laughs> he writes, the Ramah writes all this in the Zagdomit and Pirisha Mishnayis. So Meshach Rabbeinu is on the ultimate level of Nevuah, the ultimate level of, of Kedusha. Um, whether it had to do with the years that he was separate or not, I don't know. But he definitely, he attained the ultimate level of, of greatness. Because I, I, uh, int- I heard a rabbi who was like very well known, and uh, he said like a shot, which I thought was like like a little bit like, you know, a little bit out there. Um, and like, I was like, is there going to be lightning? And he was saying like, why was it Moshe? But it's interesting because it does have a little bit of like a Chabad twist is he was saying, why didn't I speak about Moshe? Because Moshe was by himself. Moshe was Why didn't who speak about Moshe? Why is the, why does the Torah not speak about Moshe for those years? Because there's not, there's nothing worth, this was, this is kind of, I thought this was kind of extreme. There was nothing worth speaking about. Because he was helping himself, so I know it's like it's very extreme. So he said. So he Does says. No. So he says. So he says that, um, and he says the, the the whole point of it is the whole the whole point of it is and, you know and then also because when he was approached to when Hashem approached him what he wanted him to do he also wasn't like he wasn't ready to do it, and so the, what what he brought out what he brought down from that is, if you're not helping other people. Like, what are you then? Like, you're not, it's not even, like, even, even Moshe, like, obviously, obviously everyone holds Moshe, it's great. So even Moshe the Great, they're not going to speak about when he's not out helping people. The point is a good one. That's interesting. The point is definitely a good one. Um, Okay, let's see here. I'm going to go back a line. El ha'inyin, who the inyin is, ki chol nefesh, he base Yisrael, every soul of Klal Yisrael. Yeshma Bukhinas Moshe Rabbeinu Allah Shalom has within itself from the Bukhina, from the level of Moshe Rabbeinu. Kihu Mishiva Roim. Moshe Rabbeinu was one of the seven shepherds. Hamam Shichim Chayis Ve'elikus. That draws down energy and divinity. Leklolus Nishames Yisrael. To all 
neshamas to all souls of Klal Yisrael. Shalachim nikroim b'shem roim. It's for this reason that these people are called shepherds, those tzaddikim. Why are they shepherds? Because as we said, a shepherd is one who tends to his flock. A shepherd is one who sees to it that every one of the flock, every sheep has what it needs. Now, of the seven shepherds alone, which one is the most general, the most central? Is Moshe Rabbeinu. He is the most central of all the Shvatim. That's why Moshe, as I always ask my children, what's Moshe's last name? Rabbeinu, right? He is called the Rebbe of every year. Right? Moshe Kibal Torah Misinai Masara. Moshe is the one who receives Torah and gives it over to us. He is the Rebbe, he is the, the, the ultimate of the seven shepherds themselves. Vinikra, he is called Raya Mehemna, the faithful shepherd, or sometimes this is read as the shepherd of our faith. The words Raya and Mehemna can go both ways. He's the most, most faithful shepherd, most faithfully devoted to the needs of Klal Yisrael. And he also shepherds the faith of Klal Yisrael, bringing our faith to a much greater level. What Moshe Rabbeinu really gives us, because you asked, so what, what's exactly Moshe Rabbeinu's ingredient? Right? If he gives us Yiras Shemayim, so what, does he, does he give us fear? And, the, and Kabbalah says, no, Hasidah says, he was specifically connected to the sphere, to the divine attribute of Das. What does Das mean? So loosely, Das is translated as knowledge. But in real Lashon Kodesh, Das is not just knowledge. It's the ability to connect to what we know. Connection to what we understand. Now, sometimes we can know something, but it's just vague. It's not really something that we really deeply connect to. We know it as a piece of information. But when we just know information in that way, not necessarily does it have any effect on us. A lot of things I might know. You know, famously, I might know certain things are bad for me. That doesn't mean I stop doing them. I know, you know, I, I understand why it's no good, but I do it anyway, because I don't really connect to that which I know. Das is the ability not only to know something, but to know it in a way where it becomes fully connected with me. And that's the way it has an effect on me. And that's what Moshe Rabbeinu gave. Moshe Rabbeinu had the real Das in Hashem, the real knowledge and connection to Hashem. And he feeds that into us. And that's what he says here. Moshe Rabbeinu is drawing down this level of das, of, of connected knowledge, to the general Klal Yisrael, that everyone should have the ability to know Hashem. Everyone according to the understanding of the soul, the root of one's soul above, Vinikasa, and when it's able to be yonik, was able to be uh, to to nurture, to be nurtured, misheresh nishmas Moshe Rabbeinu alav asholim in its root, how it's rooted in Moshe Rabbeinu, hamushreses v'das ha'elyon, that who Moshe Rabbeinu himself is rooted in the in the supernal das, the highest level of das should be yud spheres that silos, which are one of which is one of the ten spheres, one of the ten divine attributes in the highest world of atzilus. That the spheros, the attributes in that highest of spiritual worlds, are one with with Hashem. Shehu vidaite echad Hashem is one with His knowledge. He is knowledge Himself, etc. As explained in earlier in Tanya, brought from the Rambam, the Rambam says that Hashem and His knowledge and His understanding are one. So if Moshe Rabbeinu's neshama is rooted in Hashem's das, 
in Hashem's knowledge and Hashem's ability to understand, then He then um, shepherds all of us with that ability of das. Which, in very simple words, what that means is that our ability to be able to learn something and about Hashem, learn something about godliness, and that it should actually affect us, that it should mean something to us, that it should move us, is what Moshe Rabbeinu feeds into our Neshamas. And that's why he, I mean, he's going to finish up, we're not there yet, and that's what it means, he gives us the ability to have Yerush Shemayim. Because when we learn about Hashem, if it, we're just learning it as an abstract piece of information, that wouldn't give us any Yerush Shemayim. What Moshe Rabbeinu um, imparts into each and every one of us is the ability that if we learn, and if we think about it, then it will affect at least some basic level of Yerushalayim. And that's what Meshur Benu gives us, and that's what he meant when he turns to us and says, you know, people, uh, you know, ladies and gentlemen, it's not so difficult. So the Gemara says it's not, this is for Moshe it's not. Meaning, Moshe is telling us, hang on to me, and you'll see it's not. Even more so, and by the period, about ten lines up from the bottom, Yeser al more than just what Moshe Rabbeinu himself gives us from who he is, in every generation, yerdin nitsutsin, come down sparks, minishmas Moshe Rabbeinu alav hashalom. There are sparks that come down from the neshama of Moshe, umislabshin, and enclose themselves, beguf v'nefesh, in the body and soul, shalchach mehadur, of the wise men, the true Talmudic Chachamim of the generations, who are called Eine Ha'eda. The Gemara calls the Tzaddikim of the generation the eyes of the of the uh, of the Eida, the uh, was it? How do you say the Eida? The, uh, the congregation, the community. Lelamed Das Es Ha'om to teach the nation Das, to teach the nation understanding and knowledge. V'leidag Dulas Hashem and to help the people know the greatness of Hashem. And to be able to serve Hashem properly with heart and soul. So here he's saying a very beautiful idea, a very important idea. And this is really the idea of tzaddikim. Right? We know the Klal Yisrael, throughout our generations, are, we're, uh, to say this, and uh, we're crazy about our tzaddikim. Tzaddikim is a big, you know, when you think about the history of Klal Yisrael, what do you think about? You think about the tzaddikim of Klal Yisrael. Starting from Meshra Rabbeinu and then Yeshua. All through the generation, unbroken link and chain of the tzaddikim, the tzaddikim of the dirtus of all the generations. Says the Alter Rabbi here in Tanya, it's really based on the Zayr, that all tzaddikim are really an extension of the neshama of Meshur Rabbeinu. All the, I mean, maybe not every tzaddik, but the greatest tzaddikim, the greatest leaders of Klal Yisrael, the reason why they're tzaddikim is because they have within themselves a nitzutz, a spark of Meshur Rabbeinu. Meshur Rabbeinu is called the ultimate Rebbe, the ultimate leader of Klal Yisrael, and from his neshama, comes into the tzaddikim and the generations to but, continue uh, his job of giving das. But all Jews get a spark of Moshe. Right. right. So he said, so all yeah, Jews more. have some form of connection. Um, right? <laughs> I'm sorry? Double portion. They, they, yeah, they, they have <laughs> more or they utilize it more? It's interesting. By all, when he says that all you didn't have it, it doesn't say they have an actual spark. If you look back... It doesn't, I don't think this says Nisus. It says there that there's a certain level of Das that he's able to give off. Everyone is able to learn, be able to receive Das. But an actual extension of his Neshama, that there's a part of his Neshama in that person, that it doesn't say about everyone else. So in other words, he shepherds all of Kali Yisrael, so we all receive from him. Um, but it doesn't say anywhere that we're like mini Moshe Rabbeinus. We're mini Talmidim of Moshe Rabbeinu. 
The tzaddikim are mini mushrooms. That's something that that's a part. Is that something that you like? They work towards and earn once you reach a certain level. Then it like gets spark on the where they're born with that spark and they. So that's a very that's a very good question, and I don't really know the answer to that question. It's it would seem though, based on whatever I do know, that there's two types. There are tzaddikim that are like that. They're born and they work on themselves to the extent they're really regular neshamas, but they work themselves so hard that they become tzaddikim, and then perhaps they're privy to greater levels revealed within their neshama. There are certain tzaddikim, like Moshe Rabbeinu himself, that are born to be tzaddikim of Kal Yisrael. Like we have in the Chumash, it says when Moshe Rabbeinu was born, right away he's just born, and the house is filled with light. Right? So you had certain tzaddikim like that, that you could tell their neshama was sent down in this world to be a leader of Kal Yisrael. Noah. I'm sorry? So you were just making sure you ended up being higher, or you're just like, this is it. Make sure this is the top. None of you guys got it. No, let's not get let's let's not let's not let's not get personal about here about who's what. No, but but there is the concept um, that Hashem sends certain neshamas to this world to lead Kal Yisrael. You know, to lead Kal Yisrael to teach Kal Yisrael. Again, Moshe Rabbeinu is the prototype of that. He was brought down. In fact, it's interesting. Moshe Rabbeinu's name. What is what name? He? Moshe. Where's any Moshe come from? So it says because he's drawn from the water. Like it's a funny name for Moshe Rabbeinu because the Egyptian princess happened to draw him out of the water. So that's the name of the greatest Jew forever, Moshe. So the Arizal explains that there's something much deeper than the princess and the water. And that is that the waters represent hidden levels of godliness. Uh, in general, uh, whatever is the dry land is revelation and the water is concealed. Moshe's neshama was drawn out from the highest and most concealed levels to be brought to this world to teach the Torah to the Jewish people. So that's why he's called Moshe. It's not just about that he was literally drawn out of a, of a river, which is true also, but there's a much deeper meaning that his neshama was drawn out from a very high place that typically neshamas never come from there to this world to be the one through whom Hashem is going to talk to the people and so on and so forth. So but, uh, the, the, um, the wording of the Zahar that the Alter Rebbe does not quote here is Ispashtusa de Moshe Bechol Dora Vidura, which means that there's a Hispashtus, which means that Moshe Rabbeinu's Neshama comes forth in every generation. And that's what he says over here that in addition to the fact that Moshe, in general, by himself, shepherds Klal Yisrael with Das, with that ability to connect to Hashem in a way of Das of understanding, so on top of that, his, their nitsutsim, their sparks from his neshama that are the slavish, that are enclosed in the body and the soul of the tzaddikim of the generation who continue exactly his job of teaching us the ability to really connect to Hashem. So we're not talking about Mashiach, we're talking about just tzaddikim. Yeah, yeah, we're not talking about Mashiach at all. And, and we're not talk, are we talking about every tzaddik or are we talking about just some tzaddikim that born with it? So he doesn't say that here. He doesn't, it, it, based on the time, you can go either way. I don't know uh, to say authoritatively one way or another. Well, it, it says the the leader, like the Tzadikim right. of the Ein generation. Ha'ida, so. right. The ones who are called the Eini Ha'ida, the ones who are the true leaders of the generation. And it, it's interesting because it like explains a lot. Because, you know, like the, the, a lot of these gedolim, like you go there and they tell you things like how they know this. Right. So right. it's, you know. And I think I would say even more so that when you're in the presence of a Tzadik, there is a sense, a more of a sense of divinity. Of, you know, things of godliness that are sometimes, they feel more real when you're by a tzaddik, and you see the tzaddik, and you listen to the tzaddik, whatever he's talking about, uh, Torah ideas, whatever, they're not just concepts, you feel the reality of it when you're looking at a tzaddik. When you see a tzaddik, that brings kedusha to the room. Yeah, but so like, at today, in today's day and age, when we don't really have a leader like that, I mean, I guess you have like the chief rabbi of Israel or something like that, I guess you could maybe argue that 
I mean, you don't really have like a, I mean, have a, a singular a consensus of a yeah, but if, if, if you know, if you talk. You know, the Tanya here is not. The Tanya here is not giving exactly whom and when and you know which name or whatever. The concept is there. But I'm saying if you're trying to learn, like so, so, so two parts to actually, because I was going to ask you a question about that, which, which is that my understanding is that a person has a connection to their parents and to their rebbe, right? If there's then Shema has a connection to the parent and to the rebbe. You learn something from somebody. So it would seem that if you learn from that person who has that connection to Moshe, then you do have a connection to Moshe. Okay. But the other thing I was going to say is that if a person wants to learn from a tzaddik like that, from I guess you want to get whatever it is that is as direct as possible to Moshe, how would you find it? Like, what's the proof that that person has it? When you meet them, you'll know. It's like Yoda. It. It's not. I don't think you know. It's not a scientific thing. It's not like okay, he has passed a certain amount of points, whatever. You know, Hasidim look at their Rebbe and they see that in their Rebbe. There's no, there's no uh, way. There's no. Uh, it, it's not a halacha that has exact criteria. Like if the person does A, B, C, then you know he's what we're talking about. It's not a halachic thing. You know, when it comes to tzaddikim, there's a muna of tzaddikim where you get to know, you learn from tzaddik, and it's something so, so more that people feel. Such a, like philosophy is obviously they're very attached to the rebbe, like for sure. whatever group it for is. Sure. Like very attached I mean, to the rebbe. I mean, Doesn't actually mean that that. I mean, I don't know. Is that good for everybody? Is that good for just that group? You know, it's like the concept of tzaddikim goes all the way back. You know, the Gemara is full of tzaddikim. If a person is sick, you go to a you go to a tzaddik and you ask him to daven for you, and that's full in the Gemara. The Gemara talks about the tremendous. Uh, Miracles that the tzaddikim did, the tanoim and the, the amiroim in the, in the time of the Mishnah and the Gemara. So we're talking about very holy people. Um, but again, there's no criteria that it says somewhere in Shulchan Aruch or in Rambam that if a person does A, B, C, then you'll know he's a tzaddik. It's more the feeling of the of Kali Yisrael. I figured that they, like, back when then they you you like everybody sort of there was a consensus on who the leaders were of Israel, right? Like you had who the spiritual leader was, who was the, the civil leader. Like it was always like. So, so you're talking about you're talking about the yeah, time you, you're now. talking about ten times the Beis Hamikdash. Yeah, but but you go back a thousand years. Rambam, Rashi. Was that like in their time? Did people know that like that was like? No. Only looking back now. No. Right. Right. Okay. Right. The Rambam was very debated. Many people didn't hold of him. Today the Rambam is holy by anyone. Right. Um, the Alter Rebbe who were learning his Tanya. Right. In his time he was very greatly debated. Today you'll be hard pressed to find someone who doesn't look at the Alter Rebbe as one of the great tzaddikim in the generations. Doesn't mean he's a chassid, but in his time he was debated. You know that's the story. In the olden days, Jewish people used to argue; they were divisive. I know, they're brutal. Long time ago. In the Gemara, they're brutal. Yeah. So that's uh, nothing changed. Do we still have these great leaders now? I can't reveal everything by one time. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, we want names and we want them now. <laughs> Addresses and everything, right? It's, 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 yeah. it's so important. So. Of course we do. Yeah, yeah, course, there's, always, there's always Sadiqim and there's always people that Hashem um, that are there to help us um, get closer to Hashem and our Avedis Hashem. Okay? And the how and the what is something that's much more... Um, yeah, they may speak to different people on different levels. Yeah. Some people not, they may not connect with each person. Mm-hmm. Sadiq. Okay. Even Moshe had that. He had Korach before. He did? No question. You don't have to do that. Yeah, and, and, what, and, and, th- and by the way, Korach is a very important part of the story because one of the things that people ask about the whole tzaddikim business is what well, we're all you know, we all have a neshama, we all connect to Hashem, why do you have to have tzaddikim? But really, that's exactly what Korach said. 
The words. Korach said, Kal ha'eda kulam kedoshim, everyone is holy, b'socham Hashem, madu atisnasu al kal Hashem. Like, why do we need Moshe Rabbeinu? So, way back in the beginning already, the first greatest tzaddik was challenged. And challenged with, you know, according to all of Korach wasn't a simpleton either. Right, he was also a simpleton. Korach wasn't a simpleton. You know, some people say he's a very good person. But he didn't have that level of humility necessary to understand. But he might be a great guy, wife. but there's Moshe Rabbeinu. I'm sorry? Yeah, let's make it her fault, right? Thanks. <laughs> That's why I like that. She, yeah. She's hoping for a large insurance policy. There's definitely a version like that. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, let's go back into the Tanya. So he says, um, he says that in every generation comes down those sparks from the Neshama Meshur Rebbeinu and they enclosed in the body and the soul of the Chachmei Ha'idah, the Chachmei Adur, the wise people of the generation, and the the eyes of the nation, to teach knowledge to the nation, the people should know the greatness of Hashem, and to serve Hashem with all their heart and soul. An important quote. The level of the thank you. The level of avoid of a heart, the level of service that one is going to be able to serve Hashem properly, is going to be commensurate with one's das. When we, the more we know and understand and connect to what we know the more we serve Hashem properly. Kamesh Kasev, as the Pasuk says, Da eselikea vicha. Know, know the Hashem, know, know the God of your fathers, v'avdehu b'leiv shalem. That's the Pasuk in Divri Hayomim. It says, know Hashem and serve Him with a complete heart. And that Pasuk indicates that our level of service has to do with the ability to connect to that which we learn about Hashem. Belev shalim v'nefesh chafetza, desirous heart. V'la asid hu'aymer. Concerning the time when Mashiach will come, then the Pasik says, V'la yilmudu ish esrei ehu. Will come a time when godliness will be so revealed in this world, when Mashiach will come, that we won't really need a Rebbe to teach us. It says, no one will teach another. Le'aymer du'as Hashem to say, you know, come, let's know about Hashem. Ki kulam yeduaisi. Everyone will know me. That's the Pasik, it says here in Yirmiyahu. However, until Mashiach comes, we need Rebbe's. Until Mashiach comes, we need help in being able to really know and understand and connect to Hashem. Now he says, but now he has another very important point. So until the first point he made was that Moshe Rabbeinu gives us Das because we're just rooted in his Neshama, so he gives us that ability to connect. Then he says more than that, um, the sparks come from Moshe Rabbeinu and they come down to the Tzaddikim to teach us Das as Hashem. But now he says, Ah, I'm on two lunch on the bottom. Iker hadas, the main concept of das, of knowledge, It's not just about knowing more stuff. that we know about the greatness of Hashem. You know, I have good teachers, I have good books, so I learn about the greatness of Hashem. That's not the main thing that's going to affect us. As a person might know a lot. I learned a lot of Gemara, I learned a lot of Tanya, I learned a lot of things. I might know, I have a big... Uh, you know, my, my reservoir of knowledge has a lot of knowledge about Hashem. says, that's not the main thing that's going to affect me. Rather, the main thing is, when one thinks deeply about the greatness of Hashem, and one has to really wedge their minds, their thoughts in Hashem, with strength, with the strength, the vigor of the heart and mind, 
To the point where one's thoughts become connected to Hashem with a powerful bond. Just like our mind can be totally uh, wrapped up or enthralled with something physical that we see with our eyes, and we think deeply about it. And that is the same as with Hashem. How do you practically do that? What's a practical So what is a practical mean? So let's talk about that for a minute. He, with the point, before we get to that, what he's saying is, it's not about how much I know, it's about how much I connect myself to what I know, how much I think about what I know. So for me, the best application of this that I ever saw in my life, I'll tell you a story that very possibly I've shared here before, because it's definitely one of the great stories that I experienced. And that was, I was a student in the yeshiva in Kfar Chabad, in talking about 1994-95. And I had a, a teacher, who was a great chassid, his name was Remendel Futterfas. Anyone ever heard of him? Remendel Futterfas is from the famous Chabad Hasidim. He sat 10 years in prison in Russia, the communists for spreading Yiddishkeit. And he was, he's one the biggest names in Chabad of the recent generation. He passed away almost 25 years ago. Passed away exactly one year after the Rebbe. One year and one day. The Rebbe is in the third of Tammuz in 94. He passed away the fourth of Tammuz in 95. So when I was in Kvar Chabad, I, I had the tremendous zuchus, tremendous merit of getting close to him. Um, we were fast friends. I mean, he was 70 years older than me. Right? I, I was almost 20 at the time. I was 20 at the time. He was 90 at the time. Wow. But uh, tremendously, I spent a lot of time in his house. So, anyway, so one morning, it was after we learned Hasidus in the morning before davening. I was on the way out of the base medrash. calls me over. This is uh, Silverberg. He said, the conversation was in Yiddish, but he says, you learned Hasidus this morning? So I said, yeah. So he says, okay, well, tell me what you learned. So I started saying over the mimer, the discourse that I was learning that morning. Now this is a mimer of the fifth Lubavitcher Rebbe. So I started saying over, and I start, I start a piece, and he finishes it. I start a piece, he finishes it. So I said, remember, you, have, you, you know this mimer, right? He says, yeah, I've learned it before. So I said, recently? He says, no. Said, when? He says, 70 years ago. When the mimer was said, basically, <laughs> 70 years ago. So I said, 70 years, and you know, you still remember it? He says, yeah. He says, when you learn a mimer 350 times, it becomes part of you. The 70 years doesn't make a difference anymore. What is that? So I said, you learned it 350 times? He says, yeah. He says, when we were learning it, we were students in the yeshiva. I was like 18, 19 years old. And our Rebbe told us that it's not enough to just learn something to know it. So he instructed us to learn this mimer by heart. And to think it over every day for 10 minutes or 15 minutes before davening. And to do that for one year. So that's what I did. I learned it by heart. And every day before davening, I would spend 10, 15 minutes. And I would think it over. And then I would daven. Now, so therefore, it turns out, it says, how many days are there in a year? Right? About 350 days. So that means the 350 times I went over this concept every single day before davening. So therefore, he says, then it becomes like part of you, just the way you think. And then, 70 years later, you know... Well, he took two weeks off for vacation. I'm sorry? He took two weeks off for vacation, but yeah. Who took two weeks off? The, 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 the Hassan. Why? 350, 365 days in a year. Uh, 50 days, uh, 50 days. Uh, 354 in Jewish... The 354. Something like that. 352, 354. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> there goes that theory. But <laughs> How does that work? Because it's a lunar calendar, lunar a solar calendar. Shorter months. It's that much shorter? Right? Yeah. yeah, that's why we have a leap year every third year. Let's see, you know. I just have a leap month because every seven, eight. Every three years, right? Every three years. No, three. 
It's like seven out of every 19. Seven out of 19, right. Yeah, yeah. Seven out of every 19. Nobody, anyway, know, nobody really knows what time it is. <laughs> That's really the bottom The point of the matter is that if you're asking me an expression of this concept, to me, that was the lo- loudest expression of it. In other words, because we tend to like learn something and move on. Well, I mean, we, we like picking up new concepts. And when you try saying something a second, third time, you know, we know that already. But really what he taught me in that story, he wasn't like really trying to teach me something, he was telling me a fact, is that to learn something means to learn it, you take an idea, and you just keep it in your head, and you keep on thinking about it over and over, and that idea then, you know, it sinks in as a reality, not just as a nice dvartor to say over. Did you do that with the Mimer after he told you that story? Did you try to do the same thing? (laughs) Okay, now we're getting personal. I bet you you remember. I think you're never going to forget it now. Without a doubt. Without a doubt. But I don't know if I did that one or another one, but there definitely is a focus um, in the Chabad way of training ourselves to think is to learn an idea and to think about it, and think about it again, think, whether it's before davening or it's at night or whatever, and to constantly go over it. So in that way, it's not just I picked up another piece of information, but that the pieces of information should become something that really start becoming real to us just like physicality is real to us. Right? Normally, the physical stuff are very real to us. We don't need a lot of convincing. Um, like we always say, um, to have avas Hashem, love Hashem, we have to, you know, we have to meditate and think and reflect. But to have avas cake doesn't take that much typically. You know, put it on the table. It's, it's good because we're physical. So physical is there. It's t- as soon as you, t- you mention it to me, I'm thinking about it. I'm getting hungry. When it comes to spirituality, we have to make it a reality. And making it is a learning it, but more important than the learning is dwelling on it, is thinking it over. Um, that's the importance of taking an idea, whether it's a chapter of time, whatever it is, and knowing it and thinking about it. Think about it again, thinking about it again. And every time I think about it, really what I'm doing is I'm connecting to it on a deeper level. So then these ideas of Hashem and godliness and the world and the greatness of Hashem don't just become some elusive idea, but something that actually affects me. As the Pasuk said, we just read, that should bring one to serve Hashem. The, the, the deeper my connection of knowledge is, the more I should be serving Hashem properly. And as he finishes up over here and says, Kenoda, um, there's five lines from the top on page, well, 221 is at the bottom of the page. Kenoda, as it's known, Shadas Hulashon Hiskashrus. Das comes from the word Hiskashrus, which means to really connect. Kimo. Where's the first time the Torah uses the word das? Torah says, Va'adam yada vigomer. It says, Hashem creates Adam, Adam, and then he creates Chava, and then Adam knew Eve. Yada, uh, uh, Adam knew Chava. What does knowing mean? doesn't mean, you know, hi, Chava, what's your name? It's talking about an intimate relationship of husband and wife. So the word yada, which is das, is not just, I know, a piece of information. It's really deeply connecting to what I know. Here he says, This power, this ability, to truly connect our mind and understanding to Hashem, every person has it, every Jew has it. That's Moshe Rabbeinu gift to us. Our ability that what we learn, we should truly be able to connect with. Now, does that mean it's going to be easy? He says no. Rak, but being that our soul, our soul is wonderful, but it's enclosed in a very physical body. It requires great effort 
kfula mechupelas, a doubly double effort, which he's going to describe onward in the Peruk, what exactly are the efforts necessary in order to reveal this connection that we have. But being that we are connected to Moshe Rabbeinu, every person, so therefore the ability is there to have that true das, and therefore the year of Hashem that comes from it, and that's what Moshe Rabbeinu meant when he said that it's not but ultimately thought, something that, that, that we don't uh, is too hard. Have that. I mean, that only tzaddikim get that. No. Tzaddikim are the ones that have the actual nitzas, going back to Noah's question. The tzaddikim are an extension of Moshe. That means they have a spark of Moshe in them, so they're mini Moshe's. Right. We're not mini Moshe's. But we have within us an ability to receive, to be Talmidim of Moshe, to be recipients of Moshe, and receive through him that ability to connect to the, to what we're learning about Hashem to the but extent so, that we should feel. So how does that answer the original question, which is, you know, what is Hashem asking me just to have your Shemaim, and, and, and then I'm saying, well, is that an easy thing to do? Yeah, it's easy for Moshe, right? This still doesn't make it easy for us. So I think you're... Argument is well taken. It's not ultimately easy, like we call easy, uh, whatever. But easy, in a sense, he's saying it's definitely something that's attainable for you, because it's something that I have, and I give you. I'm imparting with you that ability, so it's something that, if done right, you definitely can have it. I guess he's looking at easy. You know, so we think of easy as I don't have to, you know, do anything for it. Here he means easy in the sense of it's something that you can be 100% sure that if you do ABC, you're going to get it. So don't think it's impossible. Don't think it's out of your realm. It's out of your reach. So what is the ABC again? It's a connect to a rabbi, connect to a tzaddik. So it's connecting to tzaddik, but it's more about going to be um, hisbonanus, meditating, reflecting on certain concepts about Hashem that he's going to um, spell out in this chapter, Mir Sashem. So we will continue from there uh, in two weeks from tonight, Mir Sashem.